0: Coming to you from the Flexbox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa, this is the weekly show, Daily Edition. As always, I'm your host, Nick the Man Penner, and my special guest co-host for this episode of the pod is none other than Cam McInnes. How's it going, Cam? Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing very well. Uh, Happy to be here on uh, another exciting day of Finals Fantasy Baseball. Uh, How about yourself?
1: Uh, I'm... I'm excited too. I'm excited for the season to be over so we can get into all the off-season commissioner work that has just been piling up and uh, start setting up next year and start picking out prizes for whoever the lucky winners are.
0: Mm. Yeah, lots of prizes to give out soon. Uh, Now, Cam, I think it's fair to say that your your season ended in a a bit of a disappointing fashion. Uh, As you look back on sort of the arc of your 2018 season, do you have any sort of thoughts you'd like to share at this time on
1: one hand i was disappointed because like obviously i won the championship last year um and i was expecting to do better but at the end of the day i won the championship last year in kind of like a hacky way with all the rpsps and my team just isn't that talented so i wasn't like all that surprised that things kind of fell apart in the end uh, we just kind of crash back down to Earth, like where it probably should have been. But whatever, there's always next year.
0: Yeah, there is. that's a, a fair and pretty balanced view, I would say. Uh, speaking of next year, though, do you have sort of expectations already for 2019? Do you think it could be a, another championship season for you?
1: Um, due to some roster movement with uh, the new owners coming in, the It might be a championship season if I manage to make the vase, but other than that, I think it's going to be a, a tough path to win a trophy next year.
0: Mm, I see. Well, good luck with that. Uh, tough road ahead, it seems, but uh, for now, we can talk about the matchups that are going on this week that do matter, uh, and we can start off by looking at yesterday, September 12th, uh, another great day for baseball in the Europa final between Garth McInnes and Ash. Uh, as we were saying, Ash had taken a, a pretty commanding lead in the series overall, but it looked like Garth M might be posed for a, a bit of a comeback on the, the 12th, and he did do that. Uh, he finished the day with 45.2 points compared to 26.1 for Ash, so eating into that deficit uh, by a, a good n- number of points there. Uh, a lot of that came from Blake Snell, who had a 23-point start. Uh, also Felix Pena with 15.5 half points uh both for garth m uh trevor richards though a disappointing negative 0.5 outing uh that's uh that's not what you want to see on ash's side he did have some bright spots nolan arenado it's just incredibly hot this week 11.7 points that's just a, a very impressive total again and in his lone start ash had daniel ponce de leon going uh for st louis against pittsburgh He managed five innings and eight and a half points. So good, but not great. But that was almost all that there was for Ash. So it was Garth M's day. Uh, Cam, do you have any feelings about uh, yesterday in particular or this matchup Um, in general?
1: I've been impressed. I mean, Ash's team is just like unreliable and inconsistent. And that's why he was, he had such a bad record this year. But he does have good players like Arenado, Javier Baez, Gary Sanchez. Like when even some of those guys click, like Ash has put up some big point totals. So I guess it's not that surprising that he's doing pretty well. Um I'm trying to do some math here. So I guess he was at like already at about one thirty uh at the end of yesterday. So like that's three days in at one thirty. He's on pace for close to three hundred points. Um, I don't think he gets the three hundred points, but it's a pretty strong performance. Whereas my dad was only at ninety nine yesterday. Um so that looks more like a 200 point week, if that. Yeah, uh, Blake Snell, he got good. My dad got good pitching and just the offense didn't really come through. But I think it's more just like Ash's team, specifically Nolan Arenado, is just like really clicking right now.
0: Hmm. I mean, when you're hot, you're hot, hot, and that certainly seems to be the case for Ash right now. Uh, he was obviously looked at as something of a long shot coming into Europa, but he's managed to get his team going. Uh, Arenado especially has just been off the charts for him this week. So that's what counts uh, some of the time. And if he is able to keep this going, I don't see why he wouldn't be lucky enough to to get the three in a row necessary to win Europa.
1: Yeah, are we, are we talking about today as well? Because it's like super late and all the games are over, basically. Okay.
0: We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, but for now, we can talk about the third place matchup on September 12th, too. Uh, as you were will recall, uh, things had sort of evened up a little bit, but it looked like Flexbox might be able to take a, an edge over Ryan in that all important third place matchup. Uh, and that indeed was the case. Uh, yesterday, uh, Flex put up 66.8 points, almost doubling up Ryan, who had 38.8. Uh, for Flex, he had a, a number of good performances yesterday. Uh one in particular was Yasmani Grindel, as we've been saying, a lot of value out of that catcher slot was 7.3 points. But again, he had those three starts, Strasburg, Carrasco, and Severino. Uh all great starts. Uh some bullpen help too. Uh, on Ryan's side, he only had one start from Chase Anderson that was four innings, eight and a half points, and he did have a couple of good offensive performances. Uh, but in the end, it really was Flex's day. Uh, you know, Cam, as someone who's been watching the playoffs, seeing these two teams in the, the third-place matchup, uh, would a what victory um, that, am you?
1: Because if he wins, then he gets the third-place prize. And if he's getting the prize, he's out of the loop for what we pick for him, which allows us some more flexibility in getting him something really stupid. Um, but no, I, I think Flex was the favorite coming into this matchup, but I've been impressed with... Ryan's ability to stick with
0: him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ryan's I I don't think it's been a terrific start to the week for either of these guys. They're doing well, but you know, they could be definitely doing better. Uh I think on paper it really should be Flex's, so the fact that Ryan has made this competitive is interesting. Uh really though, I think it's going to come down to the the pitching and it seems like Flex has a a definite edge One there thing as that I, I think is yesterday. interesting
1: in this matchup is um, Flex's team has a lot of Chicago Cubs. Rizzo, Murphy, Kyle Schwarber, like three of his batters um are Cubs. And I don't know if people are aware of this, but the Cubs right now are on this like ridiculous stretch where they've played something like twenty like twenty-three straight days without an off day. And because of the game tonight against Washington, that was actually a makeup game, they're gonna end up going I want to say it was like 34, 35 straight days without a rest day. So Kyle Schwarber didn't actually play on September 12th, but you have to wonder if that's contributing to like Anthony Rizzo, big negative 2.6, Murphy negative 2.3. You have to wonder if fatigue is getting to them. Although at the same time, Chris Bryant scored four points. So maybe he's just tougher than Flex's guys.
0: Mm. Uh, that's some great insight first of all I I did not know any of that about the Cubs Uh, you're right uh, it could be a fatigue situation Uh, it could be a a situation maybe where I I don't know I haven't looked closely enough to know maybe some of his guys have been rested in previous days or will be rested in the days to come so I guess those are the the pros and cons of overloading on members of one team is that you can have the potential for a, a great string of games but uh, on the other hand, if something goes wrong with the team, then you're on the, the hook for it and you might have been a little bit over invested yeah. there. I don't know. It's, I guess it's just hard
1: to account for. And the Cubs are a team. It makes sense that you'd have good teams have players from good real life teams, but it might be kind of burning flex at this point in the season.
0: Mm. Uh, well, that's the, the way it goes sometimes. Uh, now, though, we can look at. Other teams getting burned, uh, specifically the two in the actual finals, the matchup that matters the most. Uh, we've got Mike Kaminsky, the Illuminati, taking on Jeremiah Johnson, who changes his team name like a girl changes clothes. Uh, I Yesterday, September 12th, uh, was a very interesting day. Some might have called it a pivotal turning point in the matchup because uh, Jeremiah uh, had a bunch of starts lined up. Uh, It looked like it was going to be a big day for him. Uh, And he managed to put up 58 points to 42.1 points for Mike Kaminsky. Uh, Jeremiah takes the lead in the finals. Uh, On Mike's side, he did not have anyone starting, which is good news. Uh, He had a couple of good performances, especially out of his batch, though. Jeff McNeil rolling that hot hand. Ryan Zimmerman uh, staying true to form. Uh, And then looking at the starts that Jeremiah got, Uh, In order, he had Jarrett Cole, Patrick Corbin, Wade LeBlanc, and Derek Holland, who scored 12, 12 12.5, 2, and 17 points, respectively. So it was a 50-point pitching performance, including bullpen, but only 8 points of offense for him, uh, and and 7.5 of that was Alex Bregman. So uh, a bit of a mixed bag, and while Jeremiah took the lead, uh, as was speculated by Stads and myself on the previous podcast, not maybe as much of a lead as he would have hoped for, given yeah, the situation. Yeah, Jeremiah's bats have just I been mean, really underwhelming Kim, what's your take uh, on so all far this, this week.
1: Like, without, like, aside from Bregman, it's basically like a net zero, if not a negative. I can't add these numbers up fast enough. But um, either way, it's not good. Another thing is, like, I don't know exactly what the numbers look like on the week. Um, I'm trying to take a look at that right now. But, like, Jeremiah's bullpen just didn't do anything for him um, at all this week. And like, I think that's going to be a theme going forward. Like, I'm looking at the total now, which also includes what happened today. But um, like Ken Giles hasn't pitched this week, for him yet. Sung Hwan oh has not pitched for him yet. Brad Brack Broch, whatever, has not pitched for him yet. Uh, what other relievers are here? Strope has been getting it done, twelve point five. Uh, everybody's favorite reliever, Carlos Martinez, only at four point five. Jose Leclerc, hero of my championship run last year, six points. Uh, Brett Anderson, minus two. He might be starting, though. But yeah, like the bullpen really seemed to like abandon Jeremiah at the worst possible
0: time. Hmm. Uh that's a, that's a good analysis. I would say, though, that the one way of looking at that is that it probably means that a lot of those guys are going to go into games in the, the next couple of days, and that could get a bunch of points down the stretch for Jeremiah. Uh, so it could actually help him out if that means guys are going into games later in the week. Uh, but, I mean, the key with the bullpen for any team is that you need guys getting appearances. That's the only way to to rack up the points. So, if Jeremiah's guys are not getting those opportunities, then on clearly that's going to that hurt his overall productivity. Week.
1: And, I mean, I'm sure, like, the Blue Jays will use Ken Giles eventually. But I think um, the practice of teams, like, really using their 40-man roster in September and calling up just, like, a bunch of extra relievers can really hurt you if you're depending on a strong bullpen. Because especially, like, a lot of uh, Jeremiah's relievers don't really play on good teams. So why, if Colorado... uh, Colorado's actually been pretty good this year. Um, I'll give you a better example. Say, the Blue Jays... The Blue Jays kind of know what Ken Giles is, but they have a bunch of other, like, random relievers who they want to test out. So there's no real need to use Ken Giles to any extreme... Um, and I think that just kind of hurts. And even on a, like a competitive team, they probably want to save their best relievers. So like I think the, the bullpen can get real shaky in September, just depending on different team philosophies because of all the extra depth that teams have added.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right, uh, as always. And you're also right that that hurts the bullpen more than other areas. I mean... You always want to have your guys throwing at least once in a while so nobody gets rusty, especially a, a guy like Ken Giles. But uh, it does decrease his opportunities, and you want to see other guys in have high leverage situations, and the games are are a lot less meaningful. So uh, it can hurt your chances a lot, especially uh, in situations where you're uh, you've hold, hoarding relievers on lower end teams. So interesting to, to see that perspective on, on Jeremiah's folly. Uh, but we can also take a look. Uh, we're recording this very late. So late, in fact, that today has become tomorrow. Uh, but we will still look at the the results from September 13th in a preview-esque fashion, but also just talk about them. Uh, going back to the Europa matchup, uh, it was uh, another good day for Ash. Uh, neither of these teams had huge point totals, but Ash was the decidedly better one with 34.2 points compared to 7 uh, uh, for Garth McInnes as of press time, that pushes the overall score to 168.4 for Ash to 106 for Garth McInnes. Uh, a couple of good performances today for Ash, uh, coming there uh, from Jerry Blevins. Uh, that's for Garth M, I should say. Uh, for Ash, uh, it was Javier Baez, who was great with 13.8 points, and Nolan Arenado, that's right, was 6.4. I mean, Cam, one realistically, thing, it kind of just depends on how Gartham the in this matchup? starters
1: line up um, towards the end of the week. Because much like Jeremiah, uh, my dad also hit six starters on Wednesday. But unlike Jeremiah, didn't have a bunch going today. Um, as far as I can tell from his team, uh, Corey Kluber has been like shut down or whatever for a period of time to get ready. So he like lines up to pitch in the playoffs. Um, so Jose Urena seems to be the only starter who's going. I think he's going on Sunday. But if my dad can uh, get lucky with some like other Sunday start pickups, that might give him a chance to get back in. But tomorrow will be really pivotal. I think it's tomorrow. Um, Ash has Kevin Gossman and Matt Boyd going tomorrow. So if those starts are quality starts, he probably widens his gap even more. And then, of course, Haney and Ian Kennedy uh, go on Saturday
0: yeah I mean it's pretty clear at this point that Ash is in the driver's seat uh, he will need to convert some of those starts into points it's not like he can just coast through the finish line at this point but uh, he does have the the distinct advantage in terms of games started like you said uh, and he does yeah, have the, the hotter bats has, right now and that uh, I, think I would put his make odds all the at maybe like his 5%
1: of being able to win this matchup. And that requires both his bats need to wake up. We need to get like big games from Hicks, Corey uh, Gleyber Torres, and Ash's team also has to just like completely go into the tank. And just the way this week has gone so far, I don't think that's very likely.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible, but I don't think it's anywhere near plausible to to say that. Uh, But we can look now at the the third place matchup today, uh, September 13th. Uh, It was, uh, again, a low scoring day in this matchup too. A lot of teams have a day off. uh, But it was Ryan's day uh, to make things interesting. 17.1 points, only 3.4 for Flex, a a terribly low point total. But he still leads it, 123.9 to 105.5 for Ryan. Uh, It's not like Flex had a, a lack of players going. He had all but one of his bats going, uh, and collectively, they only put up 3.4 points. Uh, No pitching uh, appearances so far, Uh, whereas on Ryan's side, it was also mostly bats, but he had a lot more production. Salvador Perez with a 9.5, Chris Bryant 6.1, Trey Turner with 2.9, and also no pitching. So it was a a bats-only day, and it played to Ryan's advantage. Uh, this uh, one I mean, is, at this is point, obviously I'm a much closer matchup. Ryan do, actually do has still believe it could go the upper up hand because
1: he has two fewer starts at this point in the week. And that the Chicago Cubs thing we were talking about, uh, the trend seems to have continued with Murphy at negative 1.5 and Rizzo only putting up 0. 0.1. Although, again, Chris Bryant apparently doesn't get tired. So, Michael Bradley of the Chicago Cubs.
0: Yeah, uh, I guess I would say that uh, like Flex in theory, if it's coming down more to bats, he should have an advantage because I feel like his offense is a a bit more potent. But uh, right now, it seems like a, a real push situation, so it could be the the pitching advantage Ryan has that tips the scales in his favor. Yeah, uh, I also it, it really depends. does seem too soon I to tell. In this one probably will come questionable down questionable starters the, the very coming last up. But I'm
1: looking at Sunday and this Thomas Pannone at the New York Yankees. Uh, has the potential to be very, very bad. So I guess we'll see.
0: Mm, could really go either way. Uh, but we got to turn to the main event. Uh, it was, uh, like you said, another big day for Jeremiah. He decided that today, uh, was the day he was going to go over Thursday. He was going to blow all his ads on streamers for today. Uh, and really go all out, Uh, and so he just added a bunch of guys, and it did sort of work. He put up 42.9 points, but Mike put up 36.6, so just very close behind. Uh, For Mike, he had a a couple of good performances uh, on, on the day that is today, September 13th, uh, he had uh, Mitch hanneker still in progress, but with 7.8. Uh, he did have Clayton, Clayton Kershaw starting, and he got that quality start, ever important, with 15 points. A couple of relief appearances too. Uh, and then on Jeremiah's side, he had 14.3 from Manny Machado, the, the biggest by far of his bats. Uh, and then looking at his starts, he got uh, 17.5 from Jason Vargas, a pretty good stream. But then he only got 2.5 from Joe Ross, 0.5 from Jeff Brigham, uh, and then negative two from Brett Anderson. So it was a real yeah, mixed bag. I mean, I it, mean it's careers. impressive and how it, good. It that really Jason seems Vardis like the die is cast now on, um, on Jeremiah's. But bar. it has to be disheartening for Jeremiah to throw out,
1: I think, four starters today. And just to watch Mike with uh Kershaw's his only starter today, and Mike has almost at this point in the night with the uh Angels Baroners game not yet done. Mike only has rounding here, like six fewer points than Jeremiah. So while Jeremiah still does have the lead, I definitely think you can see the charges coming soon from Mike.
0: Yeah, like Jeremiah is in a, a, the pole position right now. He's worked his way into the lead like he needed to do, but it's really not that much of a lead. His uh, his grasp is pretty tenuous, and he just was not able to get the pitching he needed this week to get it done. And it's very unfortunate that the, the this has happened that his starts did not line up in a way I that would was like conducive to, to a good matchup. But that's the break Clayton sometimes, Kershaw. and it's very unfortunate um, on on Jeremiah. Currently, Jeremizing. Clayton Kershaw
1: is batting, I want to say, 235 this year against all the pitchers he's faced. And opponents facing him are only hitting something like 223. So Clayton Kershaw is hitting better against the league than the league is hitting against him.
0: Mm. That's uh that's quite the stat. I, I mean, it I says a lot right there. Uh but so I don't want to I don't think I'm giving away any trade secrets. Uh, I don't think I'm repeating anything I shouldn't be but I was handed a little tip off about one way here's how Jeremiah can still win. Uh and it's two words Hurricane Florence uh because if you look ahead at the the coming days uh Kaminsky has two starts that are setting him up before he goes over on Sunday, presumably. Uh, Max Scherzer in Atlanta, uh, and and that's um, on Friday. Uh, And then on Saturday, he's got uh, Rich Hill pitching in St. Louis. Both of those games have the potential to be either canceled or delayed or just have the start scrubbed because of weather related to the uh, impending hurricane. And I mean that's a a consideration I hadn't even thought of personally. Of the United States, so I think it would be very interesting to sort of track those where the U.S. geography. See what happens
1: there. Just not that good. So I'm trying to remember where everything is. Yeah, I guess Georgia is south of South Carolina, so that start could easily get uh, easily get messed up. I don't know. I feel like it might be less of a problem in St. Louis because that's yeah more like inland. So my amateur meteorology knowledge i think hurricanes don't do well when they're over land but it could still be a storm though right i guess and rain out those games
0: yeah Yeah, I mean you don't need it to be gale force winds or anything. You just need a consistent supply of rain and it did look like the hurricane was trending southward, so that could be a, a situation where it pushes it more into Georgia than than the Carolinas and uh, that that I mean the Atlanta game is definitely in jeopardy. Uh, St. Louis though is pretty far inland. You'd need the the storm cell to make a lot of progress in a Now that a I think about it, Jeremiah was bitching yeah, in order weird, about yeah, the affect St. Louis on how it, like, Saturday so I think up his that plans. one might be so uh, maybe he did actually concern, do the I'd smart say. thing
1: here and just get out in front of it
0: It's true, and I mean, it, uh, there are lots of different ways the storm could break, but assuming it heads up the East Coast, you've got you know big games in New York, Boston, uh, all of those could be delayed uh, even on, on Saturday and Sunday. So uh, you're right that it would be these are the sort of acts of God you can't, can't really account for, and the if Jeremiah was seriously taking that Jeremiah into consideration when he the decided to go over today, uh, that whole, it, kudos it just to him.
1: destroys America and destroys Western civilization as we know it. Bringing Major League Baseball to an unsatisfying end, and bringing our fantasy league to an even more unsatisfying end with Jeremiah as our final champion. So, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, I, I think we could do a European uh, European you soccer know what? I league think instead. That's, uh, I guess I'm entirely down for that.
0: possible, and I look forward to seeing it happen. Uh, but I, uh, so uh, as of when i last checked if you search for bandy the the sport that's kind of like hockey but not on uh on google the one of the top results like two or three that's is just how to a gamble a on gambling bandy, somewhere. and apparently it's been recently legalized so uh, i would definitely do a fantasy bandy league with you Uh, but I think that's going to do it for this episode of the uh, Weekly really. Show Daily Just Edition. Uh, Cam, uh, you've been a great guest. Thank you very much for being we'll here. Uh, in conclusion, if fun anything announcements you want to say throughout um, the week.
1: As the off season gets underway.
0: All right, lots to look forward to. Uh, but for now, all we got to say is good night and good fantasy.